morning, church. Good morning on a, another Sunday morning as we continue in lockdown, as we continue preaching via technology. I just thank you all for your patience, for your understanding, and for your perseverance as well as we endure this way of doing church, which we know isn't the way. But we need to persevere by God's grace and mercy. So let's continue to, to gather together. Let's continue to, to meet and, and let's continue to sit under the word of God and let it grow us, mature us, but also encourage our hearts as I preach from the, the sacred scriptures, which are God breathed. So I invite you all now to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Actually, I'm going to back up to verse 7. So look, let's, let's read from verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give you good things to those who ask him? Verse 12. So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for another beautiful morning that I can be here in the pulpit and continue to preach your word. Help me to be clear and, and help me to trust in your wisdom and your strength. Help me to be bold and clear. And help those that will be listening to the sermon this morning to listen attentively. To listen not with ears but with their hearts. May their hearts be instructed by the scriptures, exhorted by the scriptures to be doers of the word and not mere hearers. Who delude themselves. So Father I pray now. Help me to be strong and courageous. Help us to go out there. And be strong and courageous. So Father thank you now. For this morning. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus name. Amen. I know I send out a, a sermon outline. Which gives you the title. The points etc. And you know that the sermon. Is to do with the golden rule. But if I'd asked you before you looked at the sermon outline, what is the golden rule? Do you find the golden rule in the Bible? And if you do, where would you find it in the Bible? What book and what passage? Or, or what verse alludes to the golden rule? Would you know where to look? Do we know what the golden rule is all about? 
If I have to ask you to write a few sentences, what would you write? What would we write? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at the, 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 the golden rule to see what it really means to us. It's a great scripture verse found in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. And that is known as the golden rule for life. But do we as Christians, do we understand it? Do we know what it means, the golden rule? Do we think it's the sum total of the Christian life? Do we think it's God's plan for salvation? What do we think when we hear the word golden rule? And why I say this, because it's probably the most mis misunderstood scripture verse in the Bible. People distort it, people isolate it, they take it out of context. This is what someone said. We should no more build our theology on the golden rule that we should build our astronomy on twinkle, twinkle, little star. So, how are we coping during COVID-19? Which makes it a very good time for us to look at verse 12, chapter 7 of Matthew. Because there are a lot of people out there that are lonely. A lot of people out there that need encouragement. And yes, I know we can't go visit people. But we can phone people. We can WhatsApp people. We can do video calls. We can actually have coffee over a video call. How long will that take? 15, 20 minutes to, to socialize via online? I think of December. How lonely people are and our and our lonely people become and and yes some people are lonely because of neglect and and some people choose to be lonely out of pettiness out of jealousy out of bitterness they 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 don't want to be with people because they they've got problems with people they um Expect people to treat them well all the time. And if they're not treated well, then they just push people aside. And they don't realize that they're actually part of the problem. They, they, they are people that don't really know how to, to love and, and care. And, you know, if we want someone to love us, then we need to love if we want someone to invite us for coffee, then we need to learn to invite people for coffee. So it, it, it's important that we, we, we know how to treat people. I mean, because verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7 is all about relationships. And this is probably why our society, South Africa, our churches are in trouble because no one knows how to treat each other anymore. No one knows how to actually sit down and have a decent conversation where it's done in love and truth or, or done in a pleasant way without, without getting all heated up or, or irritated or frustrated. We, we have got so much to learn from this verse and we, we ignore verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7. I mean, we look at our politicians. Look how they treat each other. Look how the police treat 
people that have done wrong. It just shows you that there is something wrong with our relationship skills between each other. But I'm also looking at each other in the church. And, and you know, we, we, in our own country, we can blame our politicians. We can blame our economy for the breakdown of society. But the truth is, the truth is that it comes down to this, our relationship with each other. And it's important that we know this. I mean, children at school, you can say you have a problem teacher, you have problem children at school. You can say people don't treat me nicely. But the question is, how are you treating the teacher? How are you treating the pupils around you? You could be the problem, not them. So it's easy to, to always blame shit. And imagine if we had to put this teaching that Jesus teaches us in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7. Imagine if we had to put this into practice. Not perfectly, but just put it into practice. How, how beautiful this world would be. It would be a better place. Not a perfect place. There are still people that just do as they please. But I'm quite sure if we took Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 seriously, we would have more love, peace harmony in our churches and in our societies. Now earlier on, I did say that Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 is probably the most misunderstood scripture verse in the Bible. And the one reason is, sadly, this verse is isolated from the whole section of Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7, which is all about the Sermon on the Mount. So bear with me. We just need to put this into context and then we can go forward. So verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7 brings to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, especially when it says, for this is the law and the prophets. It's like a closing bracket. But there's also an opening bracket. There's an opening bracket and a closing bracket. The closing bracket is verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7. And the opening bracket we find in verses 17 to 20 of Matthew chapter 5. Which brings the opening to the Sermon on the Mount. Especially verse 17. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Therefore, we can say that Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 and Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 bracket the main body of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is telling us that Jesus is concerned with the way his people fulfill the law and the prophets. It's all about relationships. What's going on on the Sermon on the Mount is all about relationships. And how are we supposed to, to, to fulfill the Sermon on the Mount? How are we supposed to, to do it? Well, Jesus did say in Matthew 5.20, Jesus said, our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Otherwise, we will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. How is that done? Well, in Matthew chapter 23, Matthew chapter 23, verse 20, sorry, no, verse 23, um, three, Matthew chapter 23, starting at verse 23, the whole chapter of 23 is about the woes of to the scribes and the, the Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have, neglect, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. 
Now, to have justice and mercy and faithfulness, you need to be filled with God's love. I mean, he goes on to, to say that, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, verse 25, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Well, if you have love in your heart, there will be no greed, no self-indulgence. So, the, so, so what we really need is, is love. That's what someone said. Practicing the golden rule releases the love of God in our lives and enables us to help others even those you want to hurt me. We learn to love through all the things that people do to us. So let's, let's look at this verse and let's look at Jesus. Let's see how he loved the, the unlovely, how he loved the self-righteous. The leaders, the Jews, the Samaritans, the Gentiles, the sick, the poor, and all kinds of people. So yeah, we are in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7. The golden rule, this great truth. Let's see how it's supposed to be understood. So that we can have better relationships with one another. So to help us to understand the golden rule this morning... We're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and we're going to look at it. We're going to look at two things that we need to know to help us to have better relationships with one another, to grow our relationships, to mature our relationships. And the first thing that we need to know about the golden rule in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and to help us to have better relationships with one another is, and we need to know that it is, it is impossible left to ourselves. To do this golden rule. What I mean by that is we need something great inside us to help us. That means we need to be saved. Because how can an unbeliever practice the golden rule? How can a person practice the golden rule that is not saved? When they are not when they are actually called sons of disobedience, when they are dead in their sins, and they don't have the capacity to love the way Jesus commands us to love. The words at the end of verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7, the law and the prophets, we can say they are paraphrasing the second commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So if we want to fulfill this golden rule, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. We need God's love. We're going to look at that more in our second thing. But our first thing is to focus on it is impossible left to ourselves. That's why how can an unbeliever, if they are dead in their sins, if they are alienated from God, how can they fulfill the golden rule? How can they if they don't know God? Now I'm not saying an unbeliever cannot love. They can, but they do not love for the glory of God and for the honor of God. What they do is really for their own self-indulgence, for their own self-gratification. 
when we were once unsaved. We can say we only did good things to others. We only treated people nicely because we wanted them to do good back to us. Our treating others was determined by how we expected people to treat us or how we think they should treat us. But this is not what this golden rule is teaching. It's not teaching that. Jesus is not teaching like the, the, philosoph the philosophers of the world, how they taught the golden rule. Some said, do not do to others what you do not want done to you. Or like some rabbi, and, and, and he said, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow creatures. That is the whole law. All else is explanation. And what that is teaching is really teaching about self. The focus is on self. And we need to know that this is not about self, this golden rule. It's about doing something so that we can allow the goodness of God, the joy of God, the love of God, the kindness of God to flow from us into someone's life. That, that's why we do it. We're not doing it for, for self. And unfortunately, the, the philosophers taught, do not do to others what you do not want done to you. But Jesus makes it a positive obligation, a requirement to, to do it for the good of others, so that good can flow into their lives. Now you might be thinking, where, where does this golden rule, this name come from? Well, it, you can see if you've got an ESV Bible, the golden rule is written above verse 12. But that man put that there. Um, the name golden rule apparently originated about 200 years after Jesus' ministry with a Roman emperor called Alexander Severus. And he wasn't a Christian. Okay? He was so impressed with Jesus' words, with, with verse 12, that he had them inscribed in gold on the walls in his home. Now we know it is so easy to have these walls, these words inscribed on the walls of our home. It's a lot easier having something put up, but actually when you've got to live it, it is so much harder. It's much less costly to write them in gold on our walls than to write them on our hearts. And this is why we cannot do this on our own. It is impossible left to ourselves to fulfill the golden rule. Because the focus is on self. Now think about it like this. The Easter weekend comes, Christmas comes, and you, you, we're not Christian, we're non-Christian. Think of how we would invite people in the past. We would only invite people, like maybe there's an auntie, and we know the auntie's wealthy. So we think, oh, we know the auntie... Auntie June doesn't really care about us. But let's invite her for Easter. Because you know what? We're going to get something good from her. She always brings lovely Easter eggs. So oh, we just invite her. We make her feel happy. But we just want her to come so that we can get something from her. And, and 
And that is something in return. We invite Auntie June to get something in return. And we're doing it for personal gain. As an unbeliever, we do this for personal gain. Not, not so much for the interest of really caring, loving that person, seeing how they are. As an unsaved person, we do not care how we treated people. We do not care really about Auntie June as a whole person. We just cared about what we could get out of her. Not what we really could give back to her, which is words to really build her up and to help her. And, and as, as, as non-Christians, like I said, we didn't really care how we treated people. We didn't really care if we called people fools, or if we got angry with people, or if we hated our enemies, or, or, or even if we, we judged people harshly. We didn't really care. We criticized people. We were not interested in helping the needy. We, we didn't really care. And yes, there were times when we did care, and there were times when we did do things with a good intent and ethically upright, but we didn't really do it honestly and sincerely and genuinely. Why? Because we did not have the love of Christ in us to do this for the glory of God. That's why it is impossible left to ourselves to do the golden rule. There are so many Divorces out there, so many wars, so many conflicts, so many breakups, because our problem is that we are so preoccupied with self, we are so preoccupied with what we can get out of the relationship, and we're not really concerned about the person sitting on the other side. We, we, we don't really care. But... We can understand that because if we don't know God, why should we start with God? If we hate God and we are lovers of self and not of God, then we're not going to do things that bring glory and honor to God. Because we love ourselves. And we're not interested in ourselves. We're self-centered. We're self-focused. We just want to, to look after ourselves. And it's all because of sin and the fall. Our natural mind is enmity against God. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. That's why we need God to save us. We need to be saved in Christ Jesus. And then will we only start treating people the way, verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7 calls us otherwise we're going to just keep doing it for our self gratification until god saves us we will continue to trample over people and 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 you know i'm amazed how i see this verse how it's put out there in practice i just think of an of an, in, of an individual who, who could be sitting in his lounge, who could be um, just doing his, his own thing. He could be, I just think of, he could be 
polishing that beautiful World Cup trophy. He could be waiting for people to invite him, charging people millions. But this man, Sia Khaleesi, this Christian man who has professed faith in Jesus Christ, has the Sia Khaleesi Foundation. And you see this man in his humility, in his kindness, in his generosity, this man that, that, is, um, that is put on a high pedestal, but he doesn't sit there. He's come down. And how he, he's going out into the informal centers, informal townships, and how he's, he's taking parcels. The other day, he went and took a food parcel to someone, and they invited him to have a meal. And there you see a picture of him sitting outside, with a bowl of food, eating, socializing. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. He is fulfilling that verse in love. He's not doing it so he can get anything out of it. What is he going to get out of it? He's doing it because he's doing it for love. And here we see our Springbuck world captain who could be sitting in his house, gloating and boasting about how great he was, you see none of that. You see a humble man caring for society, caring for humanity, caring for the less fortunate. And there is a time when we ourselves, that's why I've chosen this first, and we will look at our second thing next week. Because at the moment, if we are left to ourselves and we're unsaved, it is impossible to fulfill this verse left to ourselves. We need, and I will tell you what the second thing is, we need Christ in our hearts. We need Christ to help us. So, we need Christ. We need His love. You might be saying to me, Mark, you know what you've said about an unbeliever? That kind of sounds like me. Well, that proves my point. And we cannot do the golden rule left to ourselves. It is impossible because we serve others to get something out of them. No, we must serve in order to give. Give a word of encouragement as we help someone. So this first thing that we need to know about the golden rule in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 to help us to have a better relationship with one another which is, it is impossible to left to ourselves. Hopefully, we will now understand the golden rule. Hopefully, we will look to the cross. There, we will embrace this truth that Jesus died on the cross to bring us to his Father and for his love to be poured out into our hearts, to knock our selfishness and our, our love for ourselves off the pedestal and put his love in our hearts, through the work of the Holy Spirit, who also comes to indwell us, to knock us off our pedestal, and for us to do what Jesus said about his sacrificial death, death on the cross. And that was a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as Peter loved, as John loved, no, as I loved you. Jesus has set the example to follow and we don't do it perfectly. We're not called to do it perfectly. But we're called to do it according to His Word. We submit to how He has called us to love. And it's sacrificial love. It's, it's giving love. So let's, let's humble ourselves. And let us 
let this perverse world see the true golden rule worked out in our true Christian lives. And has, as we go about doing good, so they can see our light shining before them, for them to see our good works, working through this golden rule and giving glory to our Father who is in heaven. Will we apply this golden rule according to Scripture and not according to ourselves? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this beautiful passage and I pray next week, Lord willing, we can meet and look at the second thing, which is the most important thing about the golden rule. But help us now to examine our own hearts to see, are we doing this as, as, a, as a believer? Or are we doing this as an unbeliever? Are we saved? Are we, are we on that narrow way, which is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Are we that few? Or are we the many that follows the philosophies of how to do the golden rule? And we're more concerned about what we get out of it, what returns come our way, instead of just doing it without any concerns or returns. Father, please be merciful, be gracious to us, forgive us, for we do not humble ourselves before you, and we do not do this as we are called to do it. And a visible indication, Father, we know we just look at the world, we look at relationships, it's a complete mess, complete chaos. But Father, give us the wisdom to be patient, to be tender, to be gentle, to help people, especially Christians, help us to turn us back to this truth. So we can walk in love and truthfulness and speak the loving truth and help those in need and do it without any return. Father, please help us as a church when there's a need. Help us to do it. Help us to, so whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. Help us to do this in a way that brings you great glory and honor. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for your scriptures that keep humbling our proud and arrogant hearts. Be merciful. Be gracious to us. Pray and ask this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn, please turn with me. I invite you to turn with me. To a benediction from Revelation 7 and it's verse 12 blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever and God's people say Amen